0: All right, like we do every single Wednesday, we are going to open up God's Word together. Ooh, Sam left his Bible. Yeah. Everybody say hi to Pastor Jake. Pastor Jake is my boss. Danny's really my boss. That actually is kind of true sometimes. Okay. So I know I already asked this, but raise your hand if you were here last week. Okay, sweet. Welcome back. We're in week two of our launch series called Best Night. Best Night. And so if you were here last week, we talked about a dude named Levi and how Jesus called Levi to be his disciple. We've got a new message in our Best Night series tonight. So last night, I was at a birthday party, and the birthday party was for my friend Maggie. Some of you know Maggie. She is one of our high school small group leaders, and so she's downstairs hanging out with a bunch of our friends who are in high school, discipling them, pointing them to Jesus. She had a birthday party, and... Uh, a lot of people were there at this birthday party, including my friend JR and his wife Rochelle and their two kids. And, and you might know JR and Rochelle and their two kids, Theo and Gemma, if you were at camp with us last summer. They were running around. Um, and it was so cute because Theo and Gemma, like, they're my favorite kiddos on planet Earth. I love them. You volunteer with them on Sundays? Oh, that's awesome. Oh, Stella, that's so sweet. Oh, cute. She's so little. Okay, but anyway, so Theo, we're at this birthday party. We're all hanging out, and I look over, and Theo is over, like, just playing in the dirt. I think I have a a photo of Theo. There he is. Theo is just literally sitting by himself, just playing with this dirt, and, he, you know, he's three years old, and so he's just having a great time playing with some ordinary dirt. And he was, like, picking it up, and he was letting it fall, and he was, like, putting it all over his legs and his shoes. And I, like, just watched JR just be like, ugh, he's going to get so dirty. Uh, but he was just having so much fun playing. And, like, to me looking in, right, at Theo just having a great, just a great time playing in this ordinary dirt. Like, for me, it's like, yeah, that's just, like, ordinary dirt, but but for Theo, he's living his best life. Like he's having the greatest time ever. I said last week that we call Wednesday nights the best night of the week because we believe that Jesus can take something ordinary and make it extraordinary. Right? We, we serve a God who goes above and beyond to celebrate the repentant sinner, and I know some people in this room like put their trust in Jesus last week. Because we see that when we gather together just like this, we get a glimpse of the best version of eternity with a perfect king who loves us. And so in this series, we're looking at kind of best night-themed events in the Scripture. And my hope with tonight's message is that, that you would begin to believe that even an ordinary Wednesday night can be extraordinary when the focus is on Jesus. Even if it looks like to the outside world that what we're doing here doesn't matter, like even if the outside world doesn't get it, just like I was watching Theo like kind of play in the dirt, like what we're doing here, we know how special this is. We know that God is here so the outside world might not get it, but we know why an ordinary Wednesday night, we can, we can say this is the best night of the week. So here's, here's what I would want you to take away from tonight's message. If you get like one thing, like one big idea, it would, it would be this. It's that Jesus can take the ordinary and make it extraordinary because he provides abundantly, he promotes his own glory, and he is present with us. So tonight we're going to look at a passage in John chapter 2. So if you've got a Bible, go ahead and flip to John chapter 2. It's the fourth gospel. So you're looking like 75% of the way through your Bible. It's kind of closer to the back than it is to the front, right? So the New Testament is like, it's sort of the second half, but really the Old Testament's a lot longer, so... Find the New Testament, and then go Matthew, Mark, Luke, and then John chapter 2. That's where we're going to be. And we're going to pick up in this story kind of right where we left off last week. So you remember, last week, Jesus had started his ministry, and he started calling disciples. And these disciples, they were his followers. They were his inner circle. And uh, what we're going to pick up is, is right after Jesus has called his disciples, And Jesus and the disciples, they've been invited to a wedding. Now, weddings are a big deal. Who in here has ever been to a wedding before? Oh, okay, most of us, good, right? So weddings here in America, right? You're thinking like a Friday night or a Saturday night, you know, 4 p.m. to 10 p.m. And and there's this wedding ceremony where a pastor gets to, to marry this couple. They make this covenant with each other before God, and then after this wedding ceremony, there's a reception. And at the reception, there's usually food, and everybody eats dinner together. And maybe like, the, the best man and the maid of honor get up and give some speeches, and maybe there's some dancing. And it's basically just a big party to celebrate the fact that this couple just got married. But Jewish weddings back at the time of Jesus, they weren't just one night. These weddings lasted a whole week. Imagine seven straight days of party to celebrate this couple that's getting married. And so Jesus, he shows up to this wedding celebration and a miracle happens. So John chapter 2, hopefully you've got it in your Bibles. I've got it in mine. It's going to be up on the screen too. I'm going to start right away in verse 1. We're going to read the first 12 verses, all right? Okay. John chapter 2, my Bible says this. It says, the next day, there was a wedding celebration in the village of Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples were also invited to the celebration. The wine supply ran out during the festivities. So Jesus' mother told him, they have no more wine. Dear woman, that's not our problem, Jesus replied. My time has not yet come. But his mother told the servants, Do whatever he tells you. Standing nearby were six stone water jars used for Jewish ceremonial washing. Each could hold 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus told the servants, Fill the jars with water. When the jars had been filled, he said, Now dip some out and take it to the master of ceremonies. So the servants followed his instructions. When the master of ceremonies tasted the water that was now wine, not knowing where it had come from, though, of course, the servants knew, he called the bridegroom over. A host always serves the best wine first, he said. Then, when everybody's had a lot to drink, he brings out the less expensive wine. But you have kept the best until now. This miraculous sign at Cana in Galilee was the first time Jesus revealed his glory And his disciples believed in him. And after the wedding, he went to Capernaum for a few days with his mother and brothers and his disciples. Jesus can take something ordinary and make it extraordinary. And Jesus, he he takes the ordinary, he makes it extraordinary. Here's my first point. Because he provides abundantly. So if you're a note taker, write down. Jesus provides abundantly. So the situation at this wedding is pretty bad. Culturally speaking, it is a giant mistake if the wine runs out at the wedding. And it would bring great shame upon like, the groom and like the groom's family because they're the ones supposed to be supplying all of the food and the drink. And so Mary, Jesus' mother, she comes up to Jesus and and tells him about this problem, that the wine has run out. So this tells us a couple things about this wedding. It probably tells us that if Mary is helping with like serving of the food and stuff, that they they know this family. Maybe the family that's getting married, this couple, they're like a close family friend of, of Jesus and his mother Mary. Maybe they're like some relatives from, you know, a couple degrees out, but there's this relationship there, and that's why Mary is involved in helping put on this feast. And she comes to her son Jesus because she knows that Jesus is Jesus, and he can do something about the problem. But Jesus' response seems a little weird, doesn't it? He's like, woman, why is this my problem? And so, before you go and like call your mom like woman, like which I do not recommend, by the way. Not unless you want to get grounded. In Jesus' day and in their culture, saying woman was actually a respectful term. It was like saying ma'am. Like, like ma'am. Like, why is this my problem? And Jesus says, it's because my my hour hasn't yet come. Here's what Jesus means: Jesus knows if he starts doing miracles, he starts preaching the gospel. It's going to lead down a road that's going to end with him being crucified on a cross for our sins. And he's like, hey, it's not quite time for that yet. But Mary, she grabs a couple servants and she's just like, hey, just do whatever Jesus tells you. And, and they do. What Jesus tells them to do is go fill up some big water jars. And the, the servants, they do that. The, the text that we just read says that they fill up six water jars and that each jar could hold 20 to 30 gallons of water. So for context, you see those orange jar, the the water coolers on the counter? Those are five-gallon coolers. So for 20 gallons, imagine four of those things stacked on top of each other, right? That's how big these jars are. That's how much water fits inside of them. And and the servants, they, they fill them all up to the brim. So I said at the beginning... Jesus takes the the ordinary, and he makes it extraordinary. This is his very first recorded miracle in the whole Bible. And it's Jesus taking ordinary water and extraordinarily, miraculously, turning it into wine. But he doesn't just make, like, the minimum amount of wine. It's not just, like, enough so that, like, everybody gets a little bit, like, Jesus makes so, so much. So let me grab my whiteboard. Um, Ethan Adderson, I need you up on stage. You're going to help me out here. All right, Ethan. I need you to to hold this whiteboard so everybody can see it. We're going to do some quick math. Anybody love math class? Some of you do. Great. You're going to help me out. Okay. Ready? Follow the math. Hold that up, Ethan. Higher, higher. Thank you. Okay. We've got... Six water jars times 20 gallons per jar. How many gallons of water do we have? 120 gallons of water. Okay? A lot of water. So let's do some conversion here. We're going to convert this to ounces. Anybody know how many ounces are in a gallon? Ooh, I heard it. 128. Way to go, Will. So we're going to do 120 gallons times... 128 ounces per gallon. That's going to give us... Oh, you guys can't do math that quick? Come on, people. 15,360 ounces of water. Okay. Typical glass of wine. Somewhere between like five and eight ounces if we're doing some healthy pours. So we're we're just going to... We're going to imagine an 8-ounce glass of wine. It's like a big, thick wine pour, okay? So what we're going to do is we're going to take 15,360 ounces. We're going to divide that by 8 ounces per glass. That's going to give us how many glasses of wine? 1,920 glasses of wine. Okay. That's a lot of wine. Ethan, thank you for your help. So Jesus, Jesus creates miraculously 1,920 glasses of wine. If you were to bottle that up into bottles of, like, Are like that we would use today, that would be like four hundred bottles of wine. Here's my point: Jesus provides abundantly. Like abundant means overflowing. Jesus literally makes this party overflow. He doesn't just provide enough, he provides so much more. And this can dramatically impact how we think about what is happening here on a Wednesday night. Wednesday nights, it's just an ordinary night of the week. Right? It's right in the middle. You know, you've been at school for a couple of days. You're looking towards the weekend. It could be so easy to overlook Wednesday night. Wednesday nights are just an ordinary night of the week until Jesus shows up. Jesus, he provides more than we could possibly need. What need did you come in here with tonight? What burden have you been carrying that you brought with you into the J-high space tonight? Maybe like last couple days or, or last couple weeks for you have been, been like really hard. And you, you came in here with just kind of this need for some more joy because you haven't been experiencing a whole lot of joy. Maybe maybe you've been feeling really isolated this summer and into this school year, and and you came in here tonight with like a need for community, a need for some friends. Maybe you've been feeling really unsettled about, you know, things that you're seeing and hearing in the news, and and you, you came in here tonight needing just some stability, just like something that won't change. Maybe you've been feeling like nobody really sees you. And you came in here tonight with this need to just like to know that you matter. Let me tell you what God's word says. In Psalm 16 verse 11, it says that in God's presence there is fullness of joy. And so we come to, to worship in this place and we know that God isn't giving us just like enough joy. But, but we know that in Jesus we have abundant joy. That's what is offered to you. In Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 and 25, it gives us this picture of what community looks like, that we're to encourage one another and, and to, to kind of push each other to, to love each other better and to seek Jesus together. Like maybe you just came in here tonight looking for one friend, but then, you know, you can join a small group and you've got a whole group of friends. Philippians chapter four verse seven tells us that God gives us a peace that can transcend all understanding. It's not just a little stability in a world that's going crazy, like it is peace that we can't even imagine. Matthew chapter 10 tells us that, that God, He knows what's going on in the lives of like little birds, sparrows. And if he takes care of even little insignificant birds like the sparrows, how much more do you matter to him? Whatever need you came in here with, Jesus, he provides abundantly more than what you need. That's a huge reason why this is the best night of the week. But Jesus, he provides abundantly on other days too. Monday and Tuesday, like maybe just ordinary, but can become extraordinary if you're worshiping Jesus. Maybe an ordinary Thursday or Friday, but but it can become extraordinary if you're reading God's word before school. Maybe just an ordinary weekend, but it can become extraordinary when, when you take time to actually just rest in God's presence. Jesus, He provides abundantly. Jesus, he can take something ordinary and make it extraordinary. And here's my second point. Because he promotes his glory. So note takers, write that down. Jesus promotes his glory. So Jesus, he he takes this wine and it's brought to the master of ceremonies. And the master of ceremonies tastes the wine. And he is shocked because it is the best wine that has been served all party long, and and John, as he's writing this account here in the gospel, he he gives us a little bit of an insight into why Jesus did it, and kind of what the outcome is. Look at look at verse eleven. John chapter two verse eleven says this miraculous sign at Cana in Galilee. It was the first time Jesus revealed his glory, and his disciples believed in him. I found this kind of definition of what God's glory is. And this is just a a, a professor. He, He teaches at a seminary, but he said that the glory of God is the magnificent worth, the loveliness, and the grandeur of his many perfections, which he displays in his creative and redemptive acts in order to make his glory known to those who are in his presence. Basically, God's glory is how incredible and amazing and perfect God is. And we get to glorify God, to tell him how amazing he is when, when we just have fun together as followers of Jesus, when we, when we love God, when we trust him, when we obey what he has said. Jesus, he promotes his glory through this miracle of turning water into wine and, and a couple different groups of people, they get this front row seat to the miracle that Jesus is working. The first group, it's the servants. right? The servants are the ones filling up the jars of the water. They get to see what happens firsthand. Mary just tells them, hey, do whatever Jesus tells you to do. And because they obey Jesus, they see the miracle. The guests at the wedding, they like, they taste the miracle. They, they get to drink this amazing wine that Jesus makes, but it's the servants who saw God's glory on display. And the second group of people who get the front row seat, it's the disciples, Jesus' inner circle, those who are walking closely with him and spending the most time with him. Like a disciple, we talked about this last week, it's someone who follows their master. They become like their master. They start to talk like and walk like their master. The idea is, as disciples, we become like the one that we follow. And they're the first to believe in Jesus because they see his glory. So some practical things that you could take away even right now and apply to your own life. Servants see miracles. Servants see miracles. When when we obey Jesus and follow him, we get a front row seat to what he is doing. And it's, and it's those moments when you're obedient, even in the little things, and you allow God to use you, that's when you get to see what God is up to in this world and how he wants to use even you as a sixth grader, a seventh grader, or eighth grader to accomplish what he's doing to help build his kingdom. Next isn't a group for just like the best athletes and most popular students. Next is for anybody who wants to follow Jesus. People just like the servants who are filling up jars of water. So you can take that right now and apply that to your own life. The other thing I think we can apply right now to our own life is that that we believe because we see God's Glory. Like, it's our only option. If you believe in Jesus, it's because at some level you have seen how amazing and incredible and perfect God is. It's like our only response when we see that firsthand is is to believe. To Jesus, he can take what is ordinary and make it extraordinary in the way that he provides abundantly. Something Ordinary, like obeying God, becomes extraordinary when we see Jesus promoting his own glory. And so my third point tonight is that Jesus can take the ordinary and make it extraordinary because he is present with us. Jesus is present with us. It's the last thing I want you to see in this passage, and it's really simple. It's just the fact that, that Jesus was there. Jesus showed up. Jesus was present at this wedding celebration. This is, this is an ordinary moment. I mean, like, yeah, it's a celebration. It's a wedding that's special. But even the most fun celebration is ordinary if we don't recognize that Jesus is there. I think it's important for you right now as a middle schooler to realize this. Because it's like almost a paradox, A paradox is when two things seem like they can't both be true at the same time, but they actually are. It's a paradox because in our best moments, it should be like the easiest for us to see God's blessing and to like know that he's at work. But I think it's also in those best moments when everything is going right in our lives, that it's also really easy for us to start taking credit that we don't deserve. That like we we somehow did something to earn God's blessing, or that what we what we're doing is worthy of celebration. No, it's all because of Jesus. It's like our sinful instinct that we try to steal the credit and make it somehow about us. But Jesus, he wants to be with us and and he wants to be like in our moments of celebration. And and it's an opportunity for us to worship God for all the good gifts that he's given us. And so when we're here on a Wednesday night and you're with your friends and you're eating good food and we're playing nine square and we're doing funny games up at the front and we're worshiping Jesus and we're sitting under a teaching from God's word, it's all an opportunity to say, yes, Jesus, you're so good. Like, thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing. Every single Wednesday night here at Next is a celebration. It's It's the best night of the week. Free food, fun games, your friends are here. All those things contribute to why this is the best night, but none of them are the heart of why this is the best night. Jesus' presence is why this is the best night of the week. We worship God through singing because Jesus is here. We worship God through through reading his word and talking about it because Jesus is here. We worship God by eating dinner together because Jesus is here. We worship God by having fun together because Jesus is here. But guess what? Jesus isn't only here. Jesus is with you wherever you go. His presence isn't contained to just like one geographical location as if you have to be here at Grace Church in order to worship Jesus. He's with you when you're at home. He's with you when you're at school. He's with you when you feel super alone. He's he's with you when you feel like celebrating. One of my favorite verses in the entirety of the Bible comes from Hebrews chapter 10 and it's found in verse 5. And there's kind of the back half of the verse where this is, this is God. He says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. That means never once has Jesus left you. On your best days, on your worst days, in the moments of hurt and pain, in the moments of joy and celebration, Jesus has never, ever left you. Jesus, he he takes what's ordinary, makes it extraordinary. He can take a Wednesday night and make it the best night of the week. Jesus can transform ordinary moments in this life and make them extraordinary moments. He provides abundantly. He promotes his glory, and he is present. I said earlier that our only response when we see God's glory is is to believe. Believe. And so I want to ask you as I I close out this message, do you? Do you believe? Do you believe that Jesus is who he says he is? Do you believe that you need a Savior? Do you believe that Jesus is that Savior? Last week, I, I gave an opportunity for some people to put their faith in Jesus, and I know that some people in here did that. I don't want to miss another moment if you want to talk about like what it actually looks like to follow Jesus, I would love to talk with you. I know that Jake would love to talk with you. I know that Grace would love to talk with you. We've got other volunteers here. Valen's here, Evelyn's here. Adam and Kristen are here. Mr. AJ's here. Like People who love you, who want to pour into you, and who who would love to talk to you about what it looks like to follow Jesus. And so my, my ask would be, Don't leave here if that's a conversation you know you need to have. If you've got questions that you've been wrestling with and you just want to talk to somebody about it, don't go home until you've had an opportunity to do that. Like, I'd stay here all night if it meant we were talking about Jesus. So let me pray. I'm going to wrap up our message, and I'll tell you what we're doing next. So pray with me. Lord Jesus. I worship you because you are not an ordinary God. You are the extraordinary God. You are the one who created the whole universe by the words that came out of your mouth. You are the one who saved us from sin. Jesus, you are the one who's alive and not dead. You are the one who is here with us right now. Jesus, you are the only one who can save us. And we need you. And so, Lord, I just pray over these middle school students they would recognize that. They'd see how much they need you, that they would want that, that they would see your glory on display, and they would believe. And Jesus, if there's somebody in here who's wrestling, wrestling with hard things and hard questions, God, I pray that they would know that this is a safe place to do that wrestle. And that, Jesus, that you're big enough to take their questions. So, Jesus, I just pray that you would reveal yourself in fresh ways to students in this room. We pray all this in your name Jesus amen